You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast, bringing you the best heat media guests every single week. Here's your host, Dan Healy, brought to you by at the Miami Heat UK social media network. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 69 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I'm your host, Dan Healy. Before we come on to today's episode, I have some thank yous to give. Thank you so much to all the listeners, everybody that has ever supported this podcast. The reason being is we have just on the last episode surpassed the 10,000 download barrier, which we are very proud of. Um, I remember doing the first one on my own for the first few episodes. Didn't know anybody, just wanted to try and get a little bit of confidence behind me. And now here we are. Um, you know interviewing people and chatting to people within the heat uh, media content family people like Eric Reed and Jason Jackson and Tony Fiorentino Will Menzo all these guys have given up their time for us so we are so thankful for them and for you guys who are listening we couldn't do it without you thank you very much and we will continue to do it for many more years to come in amongst that incredible guest list I've said we have in, we have spoke to a few times and I'm walking him back I think for his fourth appearance on Heating Up the UK from the Five Reasons Sports Network. It's Ethan Skolnick. Ethan, how are you, sir? Good. Good to be with you. It is four times already. I think it's four. Yeah, I think it's four. It's incredible. We no, we normally talk about once every six months, um, and a lot's gone down since the last time that we've spoke. So thank you again for giving up your time. There are a lot of people who only speak to me once every six months, so that's okay. Not just you. <laughs> Well, we've always, always got time for you here. Ethan, um, I'm not going to waste too much of your time because I know you've got a busy night tonight. I know you're doing some pregame stuff for five reasons tonight, but let's get straight into it. Um, first of all, um, we are welcoming back, we think pretty soon, Victor Oladipo to the heat after Barry um, Jackson sort of reported that we were seen in uh, in heat practice. First time for a while, we've seen a bit of that. Heat Twitter got very excited. Um, we think it's going to be sometime around the All-Star break, maybe around mid-February. Um, so we're talking days, weeks away, you know, very, very close to Vic coming back. And I know you've just done an episode about this, so it might be a little bit repetitive for you, so apologies for this. But let's start with this question. If we get Victor back at around about, you know, let's say 70, 75% of what we know he was and, and is as a player, what does he maybe give us that we haven't already got? Because the Heat are quite stacked at the moment. But what does Victor Oladipo give us that maybe we're lacking in? Well, he's kind of a combination of a few guys. So I, I, I don't know that there's necessarily something that he brings that nobody else on the roster can bring, but there's more of a package with him and there's more of a proven track record. I, I think that's the big thing. Again, assuming 75 to 80% health, which is what we were assuming on the podcast today on five on the floor. You know, I think what you're getting is you're getting rim pressure. Uh, you're getting another ball handler. Your rim pressure is really the thing that this team is missing the most, probably. So I think that's the biggest thing of the ads. And you're getting another, uh, you know, defensive point of attack switchable player. Now, so when we start talking about that, you say, okay, they have some of that stuff. Uh, you know, obviously Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin give them the point of attack defense. Uh, the playmaking you have from Bam and from Jimmy and from Lowry and, and to a certain degree from Hero. Uh, so that's the, the rim pressure, not as much. It's not really Kyle's game as much anymore, uh, getting all the way to the rim consistently. And, and they don't, they don't really have that, that piece. I mean, Goran Dragic was that piece for them two years ago, last year, not quite as much. I, I think that's the single biggest thing that he will add that is missing. And I think that's where it, it becomes an interesting question because 
you know, what are you going to do about guys in the roster who've been providing it? You may have been getting out of two or three different people. Does he just take all of their minutes? Uh, I don't think that's going to happen at first. I, I think that the process they've taken has been a very patient process. Uh, we had said before the season, we thought we could see him back on the court in December. He kind of was. Uh, this is about the time we thought that there would be a ramp up. And we always said around kind of, you know, maybe before the all-star break or, or right after. So that, that again is what this is looking like. I think that the way that some of these guys have played has allowed them to be more patient. There was really no need to rush him, even though you've had some missing bodies when you've gotten the performances out of, uh, you know, Martin and Struess and, and Vincent uh, that have been kind of above expectations. So they've been able to be patient with it. But, I mean, make no mistake. I mean, you know, Victor Oladipo is a different level player, provided, again, health or relative health. I mean, this is a guy who was a two-time All-Star. I noted on the podcast that when LeBron came over and spoke to a bunch of Heat players after, he spent a lot of time with Oladipo, uh, and I everybody reads into this kind of stuff. But I think part of it is that there's, there's a respect there because if you go back to LeBron's time in Cleveland – Vic nearly beat the Cavs by himself. Uh, he, you know, he carried them late in a bunch of those games. And so, you know, he's a player who can be a lead guy. He's not going to be a lead guy here. And so, again, I think it depends on health and it also depends on, okay, how quickly does he integrate himself? I think the one concern with him is, and we saw this with the fact that their offensive rating was not very good with him in the four games he played. Not, not that he was totally healthy. But that is that, you know, he's just not he's not a particularly consistent outside shooter, but he can be a volume outside shooter. And that's kind of a dangerous mix. I, I think they need to be careful with him. You know, we're not going back to Vic number one, number two option where he's jacking up a bunch of shots. I mean, he has to play within the flow of the offense, create rim pressure, attack, create for others, make the right pass. And yes, the scoring will come. But I don't think the scoring is the primary thing. Yeah, that's a, it's a good point. And I think that. Does this sort of come to maybe the detriment when he gets worked back into the rotation? I think the Heat will take it slow because they don't need to rush him back, as you sort of to, to allude to your point there. But would this come maybe to the detriment of perhaps Gabe, for example, who's been exceptional? I mean, for, you know, when if you was to take Gabe's production and his, you know, even his, his shooting's been ex- excellent, we know he's a good defender, which we know Vic definitely is. If we was expecting that, if you took Gabe into what we was going to get out of Vic, you'd almost say, well, this is fine. This is what we was maybe expecting. And we're getting that out of Gabe Vincent. So do you think that, you know, that will come come, come to when, when it gets to the big time and maybe the playoff time that we start to see that getting worked into, say, Gabe Vincent's minutes and to his detriment because he's done absolutely nothing wrong? Yeah, that's the tricky thing for Spolstra. I, they don't have a lot of rotation players that you say, well, they need to be replaced. I, I know people talked about Duncan, but even he's come out of it now. And, and you know, I, I think Duncan does serve a valuable role with Bam. That's, and that's why we kept saying when Bam is back, Duncan will likely be back in the starting lineup. Yep. And you've seen that thing click click again. I, I think with, with Gabe, um, with Caleb and with Struess in particular, and Omer, but I think Omer is further back burner because it, it, this was not supposed to be his time yet. And we know that Spolster is going to size down in the playoffs except against certain opponents. But with those three guys in particular, again, Caleb, Max, and Gabe, it's not really performance-based at this point. I, I feel like they have proven that they can provide for this team. I think all three of them have proven that they are alpha personalities. I've talked about that a lot. And I think they, they, that they can be trusted. Now being trusted in the playoffs is a different thing, but there's nothing about any of those three guys 
that gives you concern that they're going to shrink in the playoffs. I've covered a lot of heat players and you can tell that when it comes to that time, you don't know necessarily if they're going to step up to the level of the regular season. I think all three of those guys can, but again, Victor Oladipo is a different level player. Uh, and, and I think even they, as confident as they all are, I think they might even acknowledge that. And Gabe is the one with the most sk similar skill set. There's some overlap with Caleb also. Um, I think one of the ways to kind of alleviate it from Caleb's perspective is I think that that you could see Deadman losing minutes in the playoffs to Caleb because I think there's going to be a lot of times that Spolstra, again, unless it's against one of the real big teams, decides, okay, Bam and Tucker are our quote-unquote bigs. We'll give Deadman some spot minutes, but Caleb Martin's probably going to be the backup four. And if that's the case, then, then you can see where he can keep those minutes. I think the guy who gets squeezed, if he ever gets back, is Marquise Morris. I, I feel like he's the one that is hurt the most by Caleb Martin's ascent uh, because you, you get athleticism and length from Caleb. You don't get height, but you get enough athleticism and, and length. And the shooting has been much better than I think they anticipated. And so I could definitely see them, them using Caleb as a back and forth. So I, I do think it comes down. It may come down ultimately to Gabe or Vic. And that's why I say they don't have to rush it. You know, they have Gabe under contract next year, too, at the minimum. So it's it's not mm -hmm. like he's going anywhere. Uh, Vic's a free agent. They, as we talked about on the pod, when you get to that, we got to it in the second half of the pod, kind of what they do there. You know, there is, uh, I, I'm our understanding, Greg and I both, is that there is alignment between Riley and Oladipo on everything, that they're in a good place and that the Heat want to keep him beyond this year. So if that's the case, then then maybe Gabe gets squeezed again or maybe Lowry's minutes get cut more next year because he's going to be another year older. But these are all, these are all good problems to have when you have a head coach who has managed these situations. And, and the other thing that we've kind of noted is that when Eric has had problems kind of keeping guys happy with rotation, they've typically been veteran players uh, that have been upset about it. I mean, now we, we praise James Jones, rightly so, uh, for what he's done in Phoenix. He was not a happy camper. I, I talked to JJ a lot while he was in Miami. He was not a happy camper. Neither was Mike Miller. Neither at times was Rashard Lewis uh, with, with minutes, veteran guys who came and, and, and they struggled, you know, finding those minutes on the big three teams at times, but this is different. These guys are, do not come with reputations. They, they, they were basically built and manufactured by the heat organization. There's a certain loyalty that comes with that. I, I think they're going to trust the heat to put them in a good position again. So I, I, I think Eric's going to be able to manage it. But yeah, Gabe is, uh, he would be the first guy I would think that would lose time with, with Vic coming back. Yeah. Um, and he's got a bit of a decision to make, really, uh, Vic uh, Oladipo, because he's more than likely, if he comes back and shows good production in the minutes that he's there, um, can show some of his former self, which I'm, unsure he, I'm sure he will, because the Heat have been very careful with his injury. The surgery was very successful. Um, so there'll be people that will probably throw some sort of exception money at him. Um, and maybe, yeah. you know, I think that's undoubtedly going to be the case. Uh, and he's going to have a decision to make really whether it is to go with a bit of money, which we never sort of blame players for going to do that, especially players that are going past their peak, um, or maybe stay on some of the lower end money, but be with a championship contender. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see, especially if his minutes that maybe he thought was going to be quite not heavy, but heavier than maybe they were be before he went down because of the ascension of these role players have been so productive for Miami. So uh, we'll see how that rolls out. Um, moving on then, because it sort of ties in quite nicely to, we spoke about this on our stream 
um, over the last week or so with the heat depth, and it is the best depth in the league. If you know, we, we've said this, it's not um, you know rose tinted glasses. This isn't uh, us being biased. The Heat have the best depth in the league. Our role players are better than any other role players. It's it, it, the production that we can get from these guys all the way down the the, the, ro- uh, the roster there is exceptional. So with that in said in mind, once it gets to playoff time, once it gets to the squeeze. Um, you've always said it that it's when you tell. You know that's the phrase that you've always used. Uh, the players when is when you tell. Now that's going to maybe shorten your production. I know it's situational, of course, and they'll play it like that. But when it gets down to that eight or maybe nine man rotation, if you're going to have Tyler come off the bench, which I don't see why you would ever change that, then you're going to have all the depot as a multiple, you know, a two time All Star caliber player um, who can do it at both ends. He's going to come in and maybe make impactful minutes during big time moments. And then you've got Deadman maybe that's going to come in and take some bare minutes. Markeith Morris has still got to come back. He's a savvy player that can do it at the offense. And then we haven't even spoke about your Max Struces, your Caleb Martins, your Gabe Vincent. So with that said, A, does the long depth or the big depth all the way down the roster matter when it gets to playoff depth? And would you therefore say that a team like Brooklyn, who have the, the, the top heavy superstar power, are more equipped when it comes to a playoff run? Well, it's a different kind of playoff run. Uh, I think COVID could potentially affect it, but we don't know. And also the NBA has changed its rules. So, uh, you know, to avoid it affecting it that much. So, you know, I, I'm going to put it in the context of a normal playoff season. And in a normal playoff season, your best players have to play great because they're playing more. And, and that's really what it comes down to. You know, I, I don't think we're going to see Eric Spolster roll 11 guys consistently in the playoffs. It's just not feasible to do that. You know, one of the other things about the playoffs is they don't have the back-to-backs anymore. Um, and so, you know, you can spread things out that rests your guys. So ultimately, to a certain degree, it does come down to, you know, your best three or four players playing 38 to 42 minutes, you know, versus their best. And and then the other guys are there to basically compliment them and help them. The Heat are going to win a championship. It's pretty damn simple, okay? Jimmy and Bam, in particular, have to play like, superstars they just do uh, they don't necessarily need to match what maybe you would get from the two best players on another team but they need to be close they, it can't be it can't be way off from it um, because if it's way off from it then then you have you literally no chance um, and you know we even saw two years ago which was obviously strange circumstances but to get to the finals they needed Goran Dragic to play at that level also and the kind of minutes that he was getting so I, I do think that that those minutes uh, will decrease for the others. Um, you know, it's hard to make a case for as good as any of them have been. Say, let's play Jimmy less so we can play Caleb or Max more. That's not the direction you go. So it just becomes, I think, that, you know, there's going to be four guys that are always going to get their minutes. And, and maybe you can even say five with the way Tucker's played. But it, it, it is Bam, Jimmy, Kyle and Tyler, and, and they're always going to get their minutes. Tyler's going to start later, but he's probably going to play, you know, maybe entire fourth quarters. Beyond though, and then Tucker. And then beyond those five, like, again, Duncan's a starter, and I think he'll remain a starter, but I'm not including him in those five. I, I think the other minutes become sort of either-or propositions. I think it's if Duncan has it going, he maybe gets a second stint in each half. If he doesn't, then you go to Struess a little bit more. Um, I think, you know, as far as like I, t- I mentioned, you know, Deadman, I think it may come down. I don't even know if Morris is going to be in the equation. Um, 
I, I feel like it's it's going to be Deadman or Martin that's getting those minutes, even though they're very different players. I think that's based on matchup. And then I think it becomes ultimately, you know, sort of Vic or Gabe. Um, I, I don't I don't think you can mix in all of those guys. Now, the one the one benefit and Brady wrote about this on our site, the one benefit of all these guys being out is that so many different lineup combinations have had to play together already. So there really isn't going to be a lot that by the time that Eric gets to the postseason, that it's like, okay, well, we, these guys have not been on the floor together. They probably would have spent some time on the floor, at least two, three, four of them, if not five. And so I, I think that that's going to be helpful. I, I think he's going to feel empowered, like, okay, this guy just doesn't have it this game. Let me try this guy. And, and you hope that Eric, sometimes he forgets about players. That is, uh, you know, he doesn't have many weaknesses, but that has been one over the years that sometimes still, and he'll even acknowledge it. I just think it's being in tune to, okay, let's, you know, we're going to go to this guy. We saw him do this in a February game or a December game or this on a Tuesday night. Maybe we can try him here. He has more of those options than he had even in the bubble. In the bubble, he didn't really want to play Myers Leonard when he came back. Kendrick was unplayable. Derek Jones Jr. was playable only in spots. Uh, so there were just a lot of guys that it was like, okay. And, and what's funny about this is, we talk about their depth being the best in the league. And I can't argue with you based on what we've seen. We spent like a month before the season talking about all their dead roster spots. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, they, they completely fooled us in terms of what they actually had. Um, I, I think we should trust them more, I guess, on the player development angle. But, you know, there was a lot of consternation about the Haslam uh, slot and then also the, the what I call the luxury tax slot, which is the slot they're keeping open to not pay the tax. And if now, if you look at it, it's like, all right, well, Caleb is going to be converted to that slot most likely. And they've already, you know, brought in Kyle guy as a, as a two way. And they just, they just have depth up and down the roster. So this is their best developmental job. I think it's been Eric's best juggling job, but all of it is for not. If, like you said, if their two best players in particular or three best players don't, you know, maximize themselves in the postseason where they're getting to the level of Giannis and Middleton and Holiday or to the level of, I mean, God knows what it's going to look like by then, but Durant, you know, Irving and, and Harden. Um, or, you know, if, if Embiid is just destroying them, like they, they can't, you can't have the Jimmy and Bam we saw against Milwaukee in the playoffs last year. I don't care how good your role players are. You're not going anywhere with that. It has to start with, with Jimmy and Bam. And then Kyle is there to make sure you get the best out of Jimmy and Bam. And and that those three guys, and that that would be my only concern so far this season. Like I said, there's been a big benefit to the depth getting to play. But my only concern is those three guys have not played much together, and especially down the stretch. And you know, now with Kyle's situation, we'll see when he actually comes back. But that's gonna they're gonna they need reps. I mean, I, I just I that that's my biggest concern. We've seen more reps of the two-way guys together than we've seen of their three most important players and throw Tyler in the mix with that. Again, we're talking about just a dozen games that they've all played together. That is not ideal. Yeah. And that, as I say, that is a very good point because yeah, you know, the depth is important. Of course it is. And it's shown to what we, while we're in the position we are in now, but yeah, when it comes to playoff time, if everyone's fit and healthy, it will always come down to what the impacts on games and what ends up with the W's will more often than not come down to whose superstars but are our best. And without those reps, as I say, that is a concern. So let's see if it gets uh, a bit clearer as we get past All-Star break. Um, so despite the fact that, you know, 
you've just said there, you know, they completely fooled us with what he's talking about dead roster spots. And I was amongst them. I was saying the same thing to now guys all the way down the rotation, giving us solid, solid minutes. Basically, the SoFall Skyfalls have put us in, in the number one seed this year, which is quite incredible. Um, yeah. So why then, Ethan, is Heat Twitter then still talking about trading players and making trades? Why can't we just be happy? Wow, that's a good question. That's an existential question. Um, I don't think Heat Twitter will ever be happy. I, I think it's part of... Uh, it's, it's just part of the, the age we're in now. The transaction, particularly in the NBA, is more interesting to people than the games. Yes. Uh, we see that in our own numbers. I mean, you know, people are getting, you know, because I tweeted about that and everybody's like, well, you started this last night. I mean, honestly, I was on Floor Jours saying they shouldn't make a move. But if you even talk about it, it lights such a fire. I mean, that episode of Floor Jours is our biggest episode of Floor Jours so far this year. Um, so it's just, it's look, it, that's, that's the way that this thing goes. Um, you know, we have a situation in Miami where, you know, one of the teams just, you know, is in, is in a 25 year pit of mediocrity and, uh, and they, and, and they have something to actually be upset about, you know um, you know, I don't even know how they still follow to be honest, I, but like uh, heat Twitter has really nothing to be upset about right now. And they're projecting forward. There are legitimate things to talk about. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, we know for a fact, okay, that the teams have fished around about Duncan, and we know that there are things that the Heat have actually looked at. Doesn't mean anything's going to happen, yeah. um, you know, and it may not happen at all this year. But I, I, I can just say that there, there is, uh, you know, th- there is, I think we're at the stage now with this Heat team where I think that the, 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 the fans know they're good. And now it's like, okay, we have a legitimate shot at this thing. There, there's no team in the NBA that is head and shoulders above everybody else. We just saw the Heat can play with Phoenix, which is probably the best constructed team in the NBA. Uh, we know that they can play with Milwaukee. We've seen it. We've, they've, you know, Brooklyn, again, is a mess. Philly, unless they trade Simmons for real assets, they're probably capped this year in terms of how far they can go. And, uh, and, you know, and then you look at Chicago, I don't think anybody, even before the injuries, I don't think anybody was really buying Chicago as a title contender. They're, they're good, but they're not title yeah. contender. And then Utah, we know what they are in the playoffs and golden state, uh, you know, without, unless Draymond's hundred percent healthy, I don't give them any kind of a chance. So I, I just, I, you look at all of you say, okay, you got a real chance to win. And that leads you in one of two directions. Either it's okay. We just keep it and see what it looks like because we can win with what we have, or it's we're this close and let's make the move. But here's the problem with the whole transaction thing. You're not trading Jimmy. You're not trading Bam and you're not trading Kyle. So getting back to my last answer to your question, like how much of of a needle mover are you going to get? Because you're not going to get anybody right now. Okay. Regardless of what Washington thinks of Beal at the moment, like you're not going to get anybody right now who is going to be on the level of those three players, particularly Jimmy and Jimmy and Bam. This thing is still going to come down to Jimmy and Bam. It still is. So, so, okay. I mean, we can talk about it. You can trade Duncan Robinson and get Christian Wood. Okay. Maybe you get in on Harrison Barnes. Maybe you, I mean, there's different conversations we can have. They're interesting. They're fun. Are they going to be the difference between winning a title or not? Probably not. Yeah. And, and, and it's not like, you know, it's, there's no move you can make. I think where Riley can just, he's not in a position of strength from a con the contracts he has to move to just steal from another team again. He, 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 I mean, where they are right now, they're well positioned, but they don't have like, okay, if they're going to trade Duncan Robinson, they're trading a guy who has been an elite shooter. So it's not, it's, it's not like they're losing nothing. Okay. Yeah. By trading him. All right. 
It's not, this isn't, and I, no disrespect, but this isn't like trading Josh Richardson to get Jimmy Butler. Like there yeah. is nothing out there you're going to do that, that is going to get you the superstar. So I, I just think that Heat fans, you know, really should just enjoy it. Um, but we know that that won't be the case. Yeah, well, this is it. And um, this is what you allude to because, yep, the three top players there are on the max money, the all-star sort of players there. Um, they're not going to get moved. Obviously, they're untouchable. They're on big money. They're, they're, they are our franchise. Then you look at the next step down, which becomes Duncan, which is maybe the most expendable contract there because you've got made, uh, you know, a ready-made replacement perhaps in max. The money would help to go towards something of that sort of calibre player. You package that with maybe a, a, a Caleb Martin or dare I say a Victor Oladipo or Marquise Morris. There's a there's an attractive package, but it's not going to get you a needle mover. It's not going to get you a Bradley Bill or anybody like that. It's going to get you a Harrison Barnes, maybe yeah, a Christian Wood. Those that maybe are in that sort of conversation. But that's why I don't think it's ever going to be a goer. I don't see anything happening. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, as as you say, um, hate Twitter just got to enjoy it. Well, don't it's tell fun. anybody that because because we don't want to hurt our numbers here. But I, I just I think <laughs> ultimately. This is this isn't like last year where it's like, OK, the Kyle, we knew that the Kyle Lowry thing was in play. Yeah, we knew that Victor was a sort of a fallback option. And that's kind of how it played out or, or free agency. Like, I, I, I don't have we were telling people about Kyle Lowry for two years. OK, yeah. I, I don't have that this time. There is there are guys that he like and he talks to everybody. They call him. Sometimes you, you say people say it's trade rumors. It, it's just it's teams calling to check. That's mm -hmm. all. Um, if they're doing due diligence, uh, there's nothing like imminent right now that that we can see that again would move the needle in a significant way. Uh, there's nothing that would be more impactful for this team than Jimmy Butler refusing to shoot threes at the end of games or Bam Adebayo deciding he wants to be consistently aggressive. Like though. Those things matter more, I think, than any player they're going to bring in. Yep, 100%. I agree with you, 100%. So, Ethan, one final question then before I just fire one or two quiz questions at you, because I know how much you love them. Um, we saw a very affectionate um, Instagram post from LeBron James last time you was at the game. Obviously, you've already sort of uh, alluded to the fact that he spent a lot of time and made a real point of going over and embracing Jimmy and Carl and, and Oladipo, etc. Um, now, do you think, ignoring how it could happen, do you think that with the history of him and Pat Riley, except, uh, the way he left, et cetera, is the key still under the mat there at any time for a possible return or is that dead in the water? I mean, I think the key's under the mat and I think LeBron is always going to look at Miami, but I don't think anything ultimately ever happens. I, I He definitely took a different tone to this visit um, and they took a different tone with him. I, I can tell you that... Uh, people who talked to Spolstra in like the 24 hours before LeBron's arrival told me that Eric was more complimentary of LeBron than he'd ever been uh, since he left. So I don't know if things have happened behind the scenes, but there's a certain um, thawing, you know, I think that has gone on here. And, and I, I think, you know, a part of it is, you know, people get older, they start to appreciate things more. I, I feel like for LeBron's sense, I know he's told a lot of people recently that, he appreciates the way the heat organization is run the structure, everybody understanding their roles. Um, the, the little bit of the weird part of all that is that, you know, LeBron kind of has always chosen the opposite. And so, you know, even in LA, like I was talking to Joe Varden who has covered LeBron since Cleveland. And I know Joe very well. And Joe was saying like, LeBron's always been accused of, you know, trying to team build and all the rest of this stuff. This is the first time it was actually true mm. and look at the result, which is this 
mess. Okay. Um, you know, I know that the Lakers, for instance, you know, they had a deal for Buddy Heald that was essentially done. And then LeBron went to dinner with Westbrook and that deal was scrapped. And if they made the deal for Buddy Heald, they would have probably kept KCP and a couple other guys who fit better on the team uh, than Westbrook has. So I, I feel like there's some regret in terms of the way that he's handled things. Um, I also think he's done with Vogel. I, it's pretty obvious. His answers, you know, when he kept talking about how well coached the Heat were, I mean, that's, yeah, part of it is Spo, but part of it is he's, he's sending a message. And then again, I, that's why I teed him up with the Tim Jimmy Butler question, because he, you could tell he wanted to talk about the Heat. Um, and the other thing he did was, you know, he went over, and part of this, again, is his mature maturation and his old age, so to speak, on relative terms. You know, that, you know, usually he would, after a loss, he would duck into the locker room, duck into the tunnel, but to stay out there for, yeah. with Heat players for 10 minutes. I mean, I, I, I feel like, again, you know, he, he's starting to recognize all of this. And look, he, he wanted them to like him. I, I know from being up in Cleveland with him, he would ask me all the time that first year back in Cleveland, like, what are they saying about me? Like, why, you know, what do Riles say now? So I did, did think he had a, he had an interest in it. Um, but I don't think that I don't, th I think he's going to play uh, now that he's set things up for himself post career in LA. I think he's going to play where Ronnie's where Bronny is drafted. And I'm just curious to see if, if Bronny is drafted to a place he actually wants to go. I don't know necessarily that he's going to go to Minnesota uh, or to Sacramento, but who knows? I mean, I, you know, stranger things have happened. I, I, he, um, I think his priorities have shifted so many times during the course of his career. I do think for a while it was about chasing Jordan. I don't think it's that anymore. Uh, mm. I think now that he feels like he got the title in Cleveland, he got the title in LA, he's building his post career and you know, there you go. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. Yeah. So very interesting. Yeah. I don't see it happening, but we'll see. He would look pretty good next to Bam. Although he's got to dislodge PJ Tucker out of that place first. So yeah. He, he can back up Marquise. No, I yeah. mean, he, obviously, I mean, I think LeBron can play at a high level for two or three more years. I don't think that's really the question. I think the, the question is, you know, does he think he can compete for championships? And and I was talking to Sedano today about this, and he's come to the conclusion that he he doesn't think he can compete for a championship there because mm -hmm. AD is just not reliable enough. And that's really, again, it comes down to that. And, and so you know, he's probably won his last title unless – he latches on somewhere with with another player who's more reliable than than AD, but is on that level, and it's going to be hard to find that spot. Unless he can take his talents down to South Beach. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Okay, really interesting, Ethan. As always, uh, I love to hit you with a few quiz questions. I don't know how much you enjoy them. Now we um, we we finished our end of year special with my team um, doing a uh, a quiz show, and we finished it with a lightning round. Now I gave each guy sixty seconds where I fired off. I think some pretty easy questions. Okay. Um, now I'm not going to I'm not going to put you on the clock. I'm going to ask you ten. You got to answer them as quick as possible because if you take too long and deliberate, I'm going to. I'm going to uh -uh at you. Okay, so okay. we'll finish it with this. I think they're pretty easy, but, you know, we'll see. This is to see how you get on out of 10. Are you ready, my friend? Go ahead. I got a minute total? No, no, no. I'm going to, I gave the other guys a minute, but I'm not going to put you on the timer. I'm going to rattle you through all 10 questions, but you've oh, got wow. to not, you can't deliberate. You've got to just answer, okay? Okay, go ahead. Here we go. Right. Question one. What team did uh, Justice Winslow get traded to? Initially Memphis. Yep. How old is PJ Tucker? Oh boy. Uh -uh. 36. I'll give you it. Um, who has our highest squad number, jersey number? The highest scoring jersey number? No, the, yeah, no, the highest on the shirt. Who's got the highest? Omer. 
correct, 77. Um, what is the FTX Arena's capacity? Oh, God, 19,600? Well, according to Google, it's 21,000. But I'll, not 21, okay, I'll not give it to you because you're, 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 you're more informed than Google. So I'll give I, you that one. Um, what was last year's earned edition uh, jersey called? So this one here, what was this called? Trophy gold. Trophy gold. There we go. Who wears that's, number that's 11? A, the collector's item, by the way. This it was. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Who wears number 11? Who wears number 11 for the Heat? Uh, yep. Casey Akpala. Casey Akpala. Um, who was Miami's last playoff series against? Milwaukee. How tall is Bam at a bio? 6'10". Oh, 6'9". Again, oh, according, according to his Wikipedia page, yeah, it's 6'9". Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, it's 6'9". It's, it's you're right. That's what I What's, Two more. What number pick was Tyler Hero? What number what? What number pick was Tyler Hero? Oh, 13. 13. And finally, uh, who was Miami's last draft pick? Who was Miami's? Oh, Precious Achua. Correct. Do you know what? I forgot about Precious. I just completely forgot about him. <laughs> there he was. Uh, we'll give you nine out of ten. Very impressive. Not, I missed by an inch. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> Literally, you missed by an inch. And, you know, your, your quiz record with me is not the best. But this, this one here, 9 out of 10, that's pretty exceptional. Well done, my friend. Great way to finish. Um, Ethan, always a pleasure to talk to you. I know you're in a rush to get off, but before you do, um, we've got about 5,000 followers here now, and we're, we're growing massively over in the UK. It, it makes It's a joy every day to see followers come up when I click on their profiles. They're Miami Heat fans that are over in the UK, all different situations here in the UK. It's lovely to hear. I know you've got a massive following over where you are, and everybody in Florida and America really should know who you are. But for anybody that doesn't over this side of the pond that has recently picked up the NBA and has recently started following the Heat, where can everybody find you and your incredible content over at Five Reasons? Well, the easiest place to start is the Five Reasons Sports Twitter account. That's the number five. So Five Reasons Sports, two S's in the middle. Uh, I'm at Ethan J. Skolnick on Twitter as well. Um, FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell that one out for all of our latest written content. Five Reasons YouTube channel. Subscribe for free. Get that anywhere in the world, obviously. And then the five on the floor podcast, which I host uh, three to four times a week, which is on uh, Spotify or Android. That's probably the easiest way to get it that are Podbean or of course, uh, Apple podcasts. Yeah, it's brilliant, brilliant stuff. As I said, if you are new to the sport, if you are new to following us, please go over and follow them. It's, it's the market leader. It's as simple as that. We're spoiled to have them in pregame uh, spaces at halftime, postgame stuff, uh, podcast four or five times a week. You know, it's, it's all there for you. The website, what Brady does, et cetera, the writing. It's exceptional stuff, so follow everything they do. Ethan, thank you so much for joining me again. Um, hopefully we'll speak again sometime in the year, maybe as a, when, when we're talking about the Heat winning another championship. Sounds good. I'm going to tell Bam to relist himself at 6'10". So <laughs> you get to it, Tim. Okay, guys, we'll leave it there. We'll be back next week, hopefully with Jeremy Taché next week uh, on the episode. So until then, let's continue this run. Let's go and uh, enjoy yourselves. Stay safe and uh, let's go Heat. See you soon. Thanks. You've been listening to Heating Up the UK. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to ensure you never miss a show. Also, go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by finding our page at the Miami Heat UK. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV, for our latest shows and fun content. That's your Miami Heat from across the pond. Covered. Thanks for listening.